Hey, welcome into the Coach Bono's podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out our Facebook page. Search for the Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find us there. You can also email us anytime at show at gmail.com. Uh, today is episode 37, and I, I'm going to kind of play this a little bit by ear today. I got a got a joiner in here with us today. Uncle Rico is going to join us today. Uncle Rico, um, no fancy introductions this week. I'm going to hold off for the next one. Uh, okay. I, I was going to come in here with the man who is still undefeated in home pregnancy tests, but decided not to. I was going to give you a tie. Give me a tie. <laughs> no, the man who's 43-0-3 against home pregnancy tests. Another tie. Another tie. <laughs> tie goes to the runners, they say in baseball. But, uh, hey, Uncle Rico, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it. We're going to kind of just do some uh, some small hits, kind of have some fun, and make this a short and sweet one. There's, this is the kind of year where there's not a lot of sports going on that's got, like um, – you know, big time things going. I mean, we just did the Kentucky Derby. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a sec, you know, but a couple other things. So I just, thanks for coming on and we'll kind of ramble for about half hour, 45 minutes. So that shouldn't Thank be a problem for either of us. No, <laughs> but we're going to try to hard stop at some point. So, uh, hey, want to jump in real quick. I wanted, uh, I've already cut you off once. I'm going to do this real quick. I do want to say one thing, unplug on, we're doing a couple of commercials today. First one's from my business, O'Connor Advisory Group. Uh, May is an important month, and May is Life Insurance uh, Review Month. It's Life Insurance Awareness Month. I uh, would love to start chatting with folks who maybe need life insurance or they have, or they want to use it for an investment tool. It's something we can do. We call it the act of saving. Uh, I'd love to talk to those folks. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have life insurance and you want to do a review, I'm happy to do a free review. You go to OAGKS.com, hit the contact me button. You'll go directly to me. I'll be able to help you out. We'll review it. You can do that. You can, if you don't have life insurance, you don't think you have enough, or maybe you think you do, but you don't know. Get a hold of us, OAGKS.com. Hit the contact us and give me a shout. I'd be happy to help you out there. So uh, one little quick little plug for my business. It's an important month. Uncle Rico, what's happening with you, brother? Oh, not much. Played around of golf yesterday. I'm kind of having, it's been, we, we hit into the 80s. We're, we, you know, spring is in full swing. We're trying to enjoy the outdoors. And yeah. thank you for having me on. You're saving me from some yard work. I was planning on <laughs> doing this afternoon. Well, we're I recording. love uh, anything that's a deterrent away from cleaning and yard work. I'm all happy for. Yeah, we're recording this Sunday afternoon. Usually I record late Sunday night, but uh, the wife, we had uh, Mother's Day. We did breakfast at our house this morning. We actually went out for breakfast, me and her and the kiddo. And then he went to work and she went to go grocery shopping and then she's playing tennis. So I was like, I'm going to record now. So I'm going to have a quiet dinner at home with the wife tonight. So there you go. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there listening. And that aren't. Absolutely. It, it, hey, let's shout out uh, Token Girl, Ellen Wingenter, <clears throat> our co host in the point five as a mom. Uh, happy, uh, happy Mother's Day to Ellen. Happy Mother's Day to my wife, Jen, all the moms out there. Uncle Rico, your mom. I mean, love her to death happy happy mother's day to your mom as well so. happy mother's day to her she got some uh she got some gold belly i i saw you were talking about that so 
tell me about your experience on Goldbelly. We'll talk about that here in a second because they're sponsoring the episode this week again as well. Yeah, so, they, they, I got on the site and they had it all set up for Mother's Gate. We talked about that and I took a look and I was like, oh boy. There's, the selection is vast. Yeah. There's a little bit of something for everybody. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I looked at the Mother's Day section and I said, that's it. And I got her a bunch of these uh, mini cheesecakes. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very cool. So she, you know, I was like, well, if I got her a whole cake, that'd probably be too much. And once it, let her have as much as she wants when she's ready to have it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was looking um, on Gold Belly earlier because, I mean, now the Mother's Day stuff's come off. And I'm telling you what I'm thinking about hitting these meal kits. Have you seen the meal kits? No, no I, I, I saw, I didn't look into them too much. Okay, I just saw so, that they were there. I was going to check them out later. This is one of those things like, you know, you travel and I travel and you go to these places and you go, wow, I wish I could go back. You know, you, maybe you smell something, you hear something and you think about, I'd like to eat that again. Mm-hmm. Gold oh, yeah. is perfect because a lot of those places that were popular that you go to, they're there. They're on Gold Belly. Um, mm-hmm. We were looking, I was looking at Grace Papaya and I was looking at Hattie B's Hot Chicken. I've ordered Hattie B's Hot Chicken already. <laughs> uh, it was good. It was really good. Um, uh, Lou Malnati's Pizza in Chicago. Now, I didn't order Lou Malnati's on here yet because I'm going to Chicago next month. So I was eating my Lou Malnati's. But another one I just saw, on. another one I saw, it's actually got a little special going on right now, is Pat's King of Steaks. The Pat's Philly cheesesteaks from Philadelphia. I'm thinking about that might be the next meal kit over to the O'Connor house. That's, that's those are pretty, you know, Pat, Pat's and Pat's and Gino's, you know, right across from each other. Yeah. I did that. I did once. I went to Philly for a conference. We had to do it. I, I have my preference. All right. Everybody that's knows. All I'll, that's more. all I'll say. Oh, so it's not Pat's. It's Gino's. Huh? It, it, no, 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 no. It's more of, you know, I don't want to start any flame wars for oh. people who, who may go one way or the other. It, t- it tends to be a little decisive, divisive. So I hear that there are people that um, are the locals. There's another, another, the third one that the locals all like. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in Kansas City, you know, you get Gates and Arthur Bryant's, the two traditional Kansas City barbecue, but all the locals like Casey Joe's. You know, that kind of thing. So, um, hey, I did find something on here. You know, Uncle Rico, I'm trying to lose some weight, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to get back to eating a little healthier. I got, you know, we're getting old. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 47 later this year. I got to, it's getting a little harder and I got to get this, this COVID weight off me. And I'm sitting <laughs> here on Gold Belly a little while ago and I found something that I'm just going to have to order it and send it to somebody else and let them be and live vicariously through them. I but volunteer. I found something called the Brooklyn Blackout Cookie Tin. Ooh. I'm going to read Oh, this. I think I saw this. I'm going to read this. Yeah. These Brooklyn Blackout Cookies are one-of-a-kind treat. They're just like the legendary Brooklyn Blackout Cake, but in bite-sized form. From 1906, I'm sorry, from 1806 to 1966, the Brooklyn Navy Yard was one of the country's most important military installations. And during World War II, New York City announced mandatory neighborhood-wide blackouts to protect it. In honor of the monumental war effort, a beloved Brooklyn-based bakery chain named Ebbinger's created a dark, rich chocolate cake they called the Brooklyn Blackout Cake. 
Cake exploded in popularity, but sadly, Edminger's went out of business in the 1970s, and the original recipe was lost. Even though warships are no longer emerging from the Brooklyn Navy Yard, hundreds of small local businesses are, and it's been transformed into one of the city's biggest industrial and commercial complexes. The Navy Yard is also the home base for the Brooklyn Blackout Company, which is selling forth with its own unique spin on this legendary cake from the same spot the cake was originally named after. These look so good. They come in a oh, yeah. tin. Um, I just, I, I'm going to have to buy some of these. I'm going to send them to somebody. I, I, I don't know who yet. I might send them to you. I don't know. <laughs> Feel free. Yeah. I, I, gotta, I can't eat I'm these. more than happy to. I'll, I, will, I will get on camera and let you vicariously. Oh, my God. That. These look like they're going to be just incredible. They look like, like mini brownies that are chocolate covered and Oh, this is something. If you want to give something to somebody, whether it's a Father's Day is coming up in, in June, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things, um, check that out. It's on Gold Belly. Check our um, show notes. There's a link in there. You get $25 off your first order of $50 or more. This is a, It's a great way to find gifts. It's a great way to do something nice for somebody or for yourself. Try something new whatever it might be. So uh, check that out and check out the Brooklyn Blackout Cookie Tin. Uh, they also have brownies as well. And, uh, these they, they both look so good. Uh, but check, the show notes, you, check out Gold. Any kind of food you like, there's going to be something on there for you. I can tell you right Absolutely. now, I was looking and, uh, you know, from my days living in D.C., there I, uh, I found a couple I, I, I know I'm going to do and their cream of crab soup. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. That, the, I, that, I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. The other thing I love on Gold Belly is they, you can search by region if you like certain types of food, that sort of thing. They have live chef classes. Um, there's always something going on. So check it out. Check our referral link. It really helps us a lot when you do that. So please do. And then and give it a shot. I think you'll enjoy it. And if you're someone that likes to try to send a unique gift or do something cool for somebody, this is a great way to do it. So enjoy. So thank you. And we and we thank Goldbelly for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Uncle Rico. Um, I want to get into a couple of quick things and then we'll kind of jump around. I know you're not a big baseball guy, but I showed you some video before we jumped <laughs> on of Ronald Acuna Jr., who is my favorite yeah. young player. Um, if you haven't seen, you go to ESPN.com, MLB.com. Um, we saw he hit a home run a couple nights ago where he coming out the box did the LeBron thing, you know, the raise the raise your knee, push your hands down, and then the beat your chest thing. And I tell you why I like this. Baseball is so stuck up. It's why it hasn't grown. And it's because they have the unwritten rules. And guys like Acuna are they're doing away with those rules. And I, and I it's like a good that. time for that to happen. It really is the right time. And these are the right kids, whether it's Ronald Acuna or Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays. Absolutely incredible. You want to look at somebody, somebody you would like, check out Vlad Jr. He's mm-hmm. incredible. He's a dump truck. The guy is, he's, his father was a Hall of Famer and he was an incredible player. And now he's an incredible player. And he's got a, I call him the dump truck. He's got an ass that's like he could fit in the back <laughs> of the dump truck. 
he's this big <laughs> kid and he hits bombs. And he, he might be the best hitter in baseball already. Cool. And, he, and he's like 25. The, the Blue Jays tried so long to hold him down in the minors just so they can keep him longer. He was at the last one before the rules changed on those contracts we've been bitching about for the last three or four months here in the podcast. Mm-hmm. He's like the, exa- the golden example of teams trying to you know, keep service time for, for players. He should have been up like three years ago, and he came up last year. So, um, but yeah, those guys, I mean, they're, I think that's what's right about baseball now. I think the more of that we see, the better it is. You know, Akuna hits a ball to right, the right field. He's hits it off the wall and he's running around first. He has to stop because his shoe's coming off. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like these super athletes are now playing baseball as well. I just love um, you know, he hit a home, he hit a home run Saturday night so far, 450 foot center field home run, where he literally lost his balance and fell over in the batter's box. Yeah, you could see he put everything into it because it, oh, yeah. it, it it's all force and his body moves and his feet don't, and that's yeah. why he falls. And it's not just the kids who are doing it now. Here on Sunday, uh, Bryce Harper of the Phillies, who's one of the more popular guys, he was the NL MVP last year. He hit a home run in a home game in Philadelphia. And he's walking to the dugout. The camera is on him. And he looks at the camera and goes, happy Mother's Day, Mom. You know, it's things like that that baseball desperately needs. Yeah. They want to grow the the product. And here's, you know, from my perspective, I didn't, I don't, I never really followed baseball. I had, I had a small stint there a couple years ago where I was following the Rockies. So I was starting to get into baseball. And I have to ask the question because it's not like I'm against baseball, but how do you make a guy like me a long-term fan of the game, a long-time watcher where I'm really not into it? Didn't, you know, I didn't, was my dad into it? Yes. I I played, you know, I played little league, but I didn't play it in high school. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of it watching it. So how do you make a guy like me a long time, you know, a long time fan when I have been a long time don't care. Yeah. It, you know, that's where it's like, how does this game evolve? Yes, that's exactly what baseball's problem is and what they have to do. And the answer to me is these young players. It's put these, these players on every commercial. Let them do all these things. Uh, one of the more exciting players is actually hurt right now, Fernando Tatis. He does mm-hmm. the bat flip when he hits home runs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's been one of the unwritten rules with baseball is that you don't, you don't style on somebody when you hit a home run off. You put your head down, you run the bases. And if you don't do that, your next at bat, the pitcher's going to throw at you. That's their retaliation for you humiliating them. But I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Hey, I wouldn't have a problem. If you got a pressure situation, you got two on and two out in a one run game pitchers in there, you know, guy comes out of the bullpen or your starting pitcher still in. He gets a big strikeout. I wouldn't have any problem him pulling the finger guns or whatever. Excitement. Baseball needs to be exciting. And there are times where the game is extremely exciting in in just these certain moments. You know, it's kind of like in the red zone in the NFL. You know, if you're playing football, the red zone is more exciting than when the team's on their own 20. You know, you know when you got runners on. In a, in, a, in, a, in a game, you know, that kind of thing. You got two on and two out, two on and one out, you know, whatever it is, and you, you, you keep it moving. That's the kind of thing that baseball needs to take advantage of that. 
And that I, was, I think it's missed opportunity. I, I would agree. Yeah. I, if I'm looking at that, and the words that you say to me is that the the, the pitcher, you know, like you don't you don't you don't disrespect the pitcher. Why the hell not? Yeah. You did your job. You hit the ball out the damn park. Yeah. It's not your fault. You did your job in any other sport. If it's if it's basketball and you make and you fake someone out and got the jump on them or put a dunk over them, you celebrate that. Yeah. If you're in football. You hit a t- you throw a touchdown, thirty yard bomb, and beat the 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 D back. You celebrate that. In yeah. any other sport, you celebrate your accomplishment, not the deficient the, the deficiency of your opponent. That's their problem. Yeah, you know, and you don't do it disrespectfully. It's not about disrespect. It's not like clowning them or doing. It. It's just celebrating your success. That's yeah. what you really need. Yeah, and baseball is the only place where that's unwritten, where unwritten rules exist. It's a bullshit rule. I mean, even in golf, they even the most recent years, you'll see guys who bomb it and they'll do a little twirl in their hands or yeah. something. Yeah, and I mean, that's not new. Chichi Rodriguez used to do the little sword fight thing. Yes, way back what in the day. What a great example! And someone who was yes. What a great example. I mean, it's, and that's from, that was, you know, that was from when I was a kid. I didn't watch golf then. I didn't know anything, but I knew that yeah. I knew about that. And that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's just celebrating your achievement as an athlete was something you did yeah. and you should be able to do that. Yeah. One last baseball thing. And we're going to get out of baseball. I want to, you, you're my novice baseball. You, you know, a little bit, but I want to see your opinion on something here. Okay. This is the economics of baseball. This is how screwed up some of the economics are. Um, there was a player named Robinson Cano who was just cut by the Mets. And Robinson Cano has had a great career. Great career. He is mm-hmm. currently 39 years old. He was signed by the he was traded by the Mets by the Marlin, by the Mariners to the Mets a couple of years ago. Um, this comes right off ESPN.com. So um, the Mets, as of this morning, Sunday morning, have. Um, released Robinson Cano that he was what's called designated for assignment which is where you take the guy off your roster you put him on waivers and you hope someone claims him and they take the contract mm-hmm. Robinson Cano signed a 10-year 240 million dollar contract with the Mariners this is a number of years ago um, he is still owed 44 million $703,000. Now, having cleared waivers, he has now been released, which means the Mets are on the hook for the entire 44, almost $45 million. Now they'll pay mm-hmm. it over the life of the contract, which is, I think it's two more seasons. Um, yeah. So he... <laughs> These guaranteed contracts are just hilarious to me. To give you an idea, so Robinson Cano, again, he had a 10-year, $245 million, $240 million contract. Now, Robinson Cano was suspended last year for the entire season. Uh, let me get the numbers here. Um, where is it at? He lost $35 million because of two suspensions he's had. He's had two drug suspensions. It, okay. PEDs in his case. Wow. Ah. Yeah, he's been suspended twice. Last year, he was suspended for the entire season. He's lost $35 million in wages. However, he's about to receive $45 million in wages, and he's not going to have to work. His career is basically over. No one's going to yeah. pick him up now. Yeah. Um, but $45 million to sit at home and do nothing. 
I think that kind of makes up for being suspended for 35 million he lost. <laughs> that, that's good work if you can get it, right? It, it's only in baseball. Uh, who else do you know in any other sport gets a 10-year contract as an athlete? Yeah, it doesn't happen. Mahomes doesn't happen got a 10 Mahomes got one. Mahomes at the, is at literally at the beginning of his career. Yeah. And it's the rare gamble that yeah. he would take I mean, he on would, a quarterback yeah. at the start of his – he's in his, what, fourth year? Yeah, he was, he's four years in the, 20, he was he's, 24 or 25 when he started. Yeah. yeah. Ten years is a good gamble on a Super Bowl quarterback who's already gotten you a win. You know, yeah. that's, that's one thing, and that's the rarity. That's the exception yeah. of the rule. Name any other athlete you would have taken that – at, even in the middle of their youth, let's say 26, 27, you would have given a 10-year contract to. Yeah. This, only happens. this only happens in baseball. It only happens and in baseball. Robinson Cano got one at 30. And now he's 39. And he's playing the string out. And now he's not going to finish playing the string out. He's just going to get paid. He's just, yeah. yeah. And, he doesn't have, and, and, and at 39, he's, been, he's now retired and yeah. still collecting a check. What's he got to complain about? Yeah, he doesn't. Um, did you watch the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? No, I, I was playing golf. You were playing golf. As I should be, because I don't wear big funny hats. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge horse racing fan. I like any excuse to gamble, uh, but I did not get to see the Derby. I was just busy Saturday. Uh, and Saturday night, I did my side hustle. I was Uber driving. So uh, here in Lawrence, it's busy. So what are you going to do? Um, to me, the Kentucky Derby is one of those, you know, Things that you see on like ETV where they're where it's like the Met Gala. No one really gives a shit about yeah, what's going the, on inside. It's all about the the dresses or the hats or whatever. Whoever who do you see there? I could care less. Yeah, you know that stuff doesn't matter to me. What's cool about it to me, I would. It's one of those like bucket list things. If I was rich, if I was rich, I'd go to the Kentucky Derby. That I might do it. I wouldn't do it for a while. It's like. I have other things that are more on my bucket list. Yeah. That's more of a, well, I, you know, I could have gone years ago and yeah. well, screw it. I'll go because I got nothing else to do. Yeah. But what I want to talk about is real quick on this is you know, people get to the Kentucky Derby. They don't, and a lot of them, and, and horse racing is a science. You got to know what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. this is why I don't gamble on horse racing. It's just because I, there's a science to it and I am not fucking around with all that. You know, if I don't know it, I'm not gambling on it. But the winner of the Kentucky Derby was a long shot. Rich Strike, 80 to 1. Oof. Somebody made bank. To 1. I want to know. I haven't seen anything yet. I'm sure it will come out. I'm sure if I wanted to search deep enough on Twitter, I could find it. I want to know who cashed the biggest ticket on Rich Strike. I saw a video on Twitter this morning. I think I saw it on Instagram or TikTok, one of those places. And it was um, like some celebrities all had to, were like entering the Kentucky Derby and they were pulling out, you know, uh, horses out of a hat. And Bobby Flay, the um, the restaurateur and chef, oh yeah, he yeah. got rich strike. And he was like, "Oh man, God, you think we get the long shot? The long shot, oh. eighty to one." Uh, un, unbelievable. So, congratulations to everybody involved in that. I don't know, uh, you know, which group he came from, but you know, that's just. I think it's awesome when something that long hits. You know, good for them. So, yeah, it it doesn't happen often, especially yeah. in a, in such a, a 
a pivotal race. Yeah, yeah. So um, we talked. You and I, we kind of, we, we kind of have a group chat. You, me, and Ellen. You know. Totally. Yeah. And you sent us a, a couple. You listened to Friday's podcast, which uh, I went back and listened to it. I'm sorry, I was rambling on that subject we were talking about. We talked about the abortion subject, and I would I could not Don't keep apologize. my straight. I couldn't it's keep my news. thoughts straight on my anger. I thought Ellen did a great job of trying to reel me in. So thank you. But she was excellent, yes. Yes, yes. I want to I shout that out. She was excellent. I was a bumbling, rambling mess. And yes. Um, but we started a new uh, segment this week after that long discussion uh, called What If? And what if our what ifs from the Coach Bonos podcast we kind of got the idea from, you know, Marvel has the comic books and now the show on Disney Plus, What If, with the um, basically the Avengers, if you mix some of them up. Yep. So we did a What If, and this is What If Bo Jackson had not gotten hurt in the game, the playoff game was Raider. And we, you know, I, I go and looked at some things and kind of historically provided as a historical reference what would have happened. And you you must have heard it and it hit something because you hit us with like three quick ideas. Oh um, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, 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 I love the thing. I real. I want you to keep going on it because I really like that that kind of yeah. As a segment, I like the segment. I like the well, concept we're gonna, of it. We're gonna have so much that, to hit there. We're gonna be doing those a lot. Summertime again. We're gonna just have baseball. We're not gonna have right now. We have the NBA finals. So I'm gonna talk a little more about the, on the point five with with uh, with Ellen. Um, I want to see. I want to see how Game Four for the uh, the Grizzlies and the um, Warriors comes out before I get too deep in it. I'm I'm rooting for the Grizzlies. I heard a great name for the Grizzlies, by the way. They're calling them the Grizzles. The Grizzles. Because it's Memphis, you know. <laughs> I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Grizzles. That's what I'm going for. And I like this Ja Morant kid. So. Um, yeah, people yeah. are high on Ja. Oh yeah. man, I don't know that his body will hold up with the way his style plays for a, you know, a LeBron James 17, 18 year career. But if this kid plays like this for 10 years, he's going to be very, very special. Oh yeah. Um, he's definitely but, talented. Yeah. To Back to what if for a moment, you had a couple of ideas. I'm going to share these fun man. The, the, the first one was what if Roy Williams never leaves Kansas to go to North Carolina? I think it's a good one. It's especially good for local. He's very in Kansas. Um, yeah. What if Drew Bledsoe never gets hurt? Yeah. Well, I I don't know if you saw this, but in Man of the Arena, I have not watched Man in the Arena. Brady oh, all Brady all admits all but admits that the the tuck rule was a fumble. Yeah, it, it's he just about yeah, pretty much. He doesn't. I think, he, I think we're he, gonna, he leaves it open. I think what we're going to do, we may go to Bledsoe. What happens if Bledsoe doesn't get hurt? We might go, what if that's a rule to fumble? That might be, yeah, it might be. It, and as yeah. I was, I had, I have seen all but the, all but the final episode. And yeah. that's where it got my head going. It's like, what if, yeah. Bledsoe, what if, you know, what, especially with Tom Brady being the football, you know, goat as he is. And it's not even anything he did. It's what some, what happened to somebody else. Yeah. And that affected, that started it. And if it, that never happened. And he had, you know, Bledsoe went to the Bills and still had three good years with the Bills. Yeah. But Drew Bledsoe was a great quarterback. I mean, he yeah. was not a Hall of Fame quarterback in the situation. But what if Drew Bledsoe is with Belichick all these years? 
Yep. Yeah. Because I mean, Bledsoe was, I mean, I mean, you could argue those first couple of years of Brady, Bledsoe was a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you have a guy that's prime and a guy who's ascended. So, I mean, it's a different animal. Um, but that was some, we're going to think about that. We're going to go one or the other on the next next few weeks. Either the blood so doesn't get hurt, or um, what if the tuck rule had not been the tuck rule and it had been a fumble? Mm. I still think the I, I still think there's a little bit of the fix was in on that a little bit, and that was ruled a fumble because it was the Raiders. It wasn't ruled; it was a fumble because it was the Raiders. To be discussed. Yeah. Uh, the other one is. What if Buster Douglas had not beaten Mike Tyson? Yeah. There is yeah, you are, so much meat on that bone. And I, and I, I remember watching that fight live on I mean, HBO. Yeah, it, was, it was the first time a Tyson fight wasn't on pay-per-view. It was on HBO instead. Well, they, 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 they had a couple on HBO. Yeah. That wasn't his first one, but there was a, they, yeah. that and was he, a time he, when box, the big boxing fights you know, HBO really put in the bid for those yeah. early on because there weren't, you know, cable then wasn't like cable is now. Yeah. Well, we knew the outcome of the fight before it came on on HBO because it was done I, in Tokyo. And right. he had won, he had lost the fight. And we were, we were hearing Mike Tyson lost. And then it was going to be played on HBO. We're like, holy shit, Mike Tyson lost. Yeah, if you're not of that age, if you're not of our age and you're 40, late 40s or older, you don't understand exactly how, like, earth-shattering that was. He brought boxing to the forefront of everybody. He had a video game, a famous video yeah. game. Everybody played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah, but it was not just that. I mean, he was, like, in the 70s, you know, even before that. I mean, there was a time where boxing was the biggest, oh, yeah. um, biggest sport in America. You know, you're talking about the 20s, the 30s. Really, up until World War II, it was the sport. Yeah, and you had like these glory years of the seventies when Ali came back. You had Foreman, you had Frazier, you had these guys all in the seventies, and then there was this lull. You know, Larry Holmes was like kind of the last of those guys, and then Tyson came, and Tyson destroyed everybody, and it didn't look like anyone was going to get in his way. The one fight that I can remember that people were like, this guy will give Tyson a run was Michael Spinks. And he <laughs> beat Michael Spinks in 91 seconds. He I remember that, out of that guy. too. I remember we watched that. We, that was one of the first things we ever got on pay-per-view at our home. Mm-hmm. And my dad had a big party and he had friends over and we're watching it. And we were like, what in the fuck is this? This like, We paid 40 bucks and it lasted 90, 90 seconds? Yep. Oh, yeah. This is, this is like bad sex. I mean, <laughs> 90 seconds. He beat the shit out of this guy. I mean, it was, come on. And, and he dominated. And, he and, not, he, and, and all, none of his fights went past the third round. It was supposed to be he was going to Japan to fight Buster Douglas in Tokyo for a big old check. And then he was going to come home and the big mega fight was going to be Tyson and Holyfield. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Tyson gets beat, and Buster Douglas ends up getting the title. To, gets one little title defense, and then he fights Holyfield and gets his ass kicked. Oh yeah! And then we never get Holyfield Tyson till after Tyson goes to prison. And then you get the ear bite. Then you get the ear bite. The two Tyson, the two fights. Holyfield won both of them. Neither of them were in their prime. I mean, Holyfield was probably a little 
closer to his prime, but we never got prime Tyson and Holyfield. Nope. Yeah, we never did. The closest was the closest we got was that after the it, right immediately after the ear bite, you could see the switch in Holyfield's like, oh, it's going to be that kind of fight. Yeah. This is box. This is this ain't boxer boxer. This is fight fight. And they were ready to go. Thirty people hadn't jumped in the ring and stopped them. That may have been the best fight in the ring you'd ever see. Yeah, that I don't know. That would have been true. I think Tyson would have just murdered Mike, uh, murdered Evander Holyfield. I I think that saved Mike Tyson because, in a way, it showed Mike you can't go much further. You can't you can't keep spiraling out of control. I got to tell you, I think Mike Tyson, and we, we've met Mike Tyson last year, a kiddo and I did, mm-hmm. couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been more cool, um, and just a super guy. Has anybody ever rehabbed their image and become, I mean, just, he was someone that was just, like, before cancel culture, if you want to call it that, I don't like that term, but before any of that, Tyson was gone. Oh, he was bad, and, and and he didn't have a good reputation. He was now, not a good person back this then. This guy can do endorsements. No mistake of that. This guy, this guy is well liked. He's well thought of. You know, this is a guy who's rehabbed his image. He's done things the right way. I think this is a, a, a I think it would be a really good story to follow him the next ten years. I, I just, I do. I think that this guy has he's learned from those mistakes. I think that's what America is about too. It's what it should be about. As bad as Second I talked about America on, on, on Friday's podcast, and as, as bummed as I am about some things currently in this country, it's redemption stories that will bring us back. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the best ones. It's the best one in sports to me. So, but those are a couple it's of ideas. There, his, he, was, he was the bad boy. You know, yeah. he, was, he had legal problems. Yeah. He was, he was, he was, he was that brash. He was that raw. Yeah, you know? He was convicted of rape. I mean, this yep. is, I mean, but you serve your time. He did the right things. I, if, if you ever want to see something really funny about Mike Tyson, uh, you know, Fat Joe, the rapper, right? Yeah. Fat Joe was on the Dan, the old Dan Lebatar TV show. Um, um, pardon, about pardon interruption. Um, what's the old show? Him and Poppy. And Bomani Jones. Oh, uh, highly questionable. Highly questionable. Yeah, HQ. Yeah. If you get a chance, just Google it. It's on YouTube. You can Google it. Fat Joe tells a story about Mike Tyson on Highly Questionable, and he's telling a story about one night he and the rapper Big Pun, Fat Joe and Big Pun, are going into the to the club that is called the Tunnel in New York City, mm-hmm. and this is back when they were real popular. I mean, you know, big, you know. You know, Fat Joe, Big Pond, those guys were huge back in the day. And they're, they're, the security guys don't recognize them or something's going on. And they're telling them they got to take their shoes off. Back in the day, you couldn't wear your Timberlands. They had to search your Timberlands. Because back in the day, that's where you hid your drugs and whatnot. And Fat Joe's like, yo, I'm Fat Joe. This is Big Pond. We're triple platinum. You're not, you're not taking our shoes off to come into your club. And they're arguing back and forth. And Joe tells the story incredibly well. And it's like, we're going back and forth. The guy's saying, you know, your mother. He says, I'm yelling your mother and back and forth. He says, out of nowhere, we hear, hey, yo, Joe, yo, pun, fuck these dudes. And he says, I turn around, and it was Iron Mike Tyson. (laughs) 
They just, it was right after Tyson got out of jail <laughs> and he had on the Kofi. He's, he's, the bouncers were like, oh shit. <laughs> and they talk about Tyson was chasing one of the bouncers around one of the cars on the street. And they're like, Del Pont, Jojo, we're sorry. We don't want no trouble. Come uh, on in. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine if you at the club, you got a problem, and you all of a sudden you hear, yo, fuck these dudes. That's like the greatest dream of all time. Turn around and the guy who has your back is Iron it's Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, yep. <laughs> That's like the great. If you even said that to your therapist, was your dream last night? Your therapist would be like, I can't help you. You're going to have to go somewhere like in Austria and get like some better help than I can give you because you're fucked up. <laughs> you know? It ain't going to work. It was a great story. I, I he t- Fat Joe tells it. I I think an incredible TV show would be just letting Fat Joe tell stories because he's a fucking great storyteller. And that was the <laughs> awesome. Um. So yeah, the what if stuff. We're gonna get some more ideas. We're gonna do another one here in about two weeks. I think. Uh, I don't think we're gonna do one this week. They're gonna do one next week. We're gonna try to do them every other week. Um. We are going to have another segment we're going to introduce here in a couple of weeks as well. I know you're going to you're excited because you're going to get in one of these with us. We're going to do drafts. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, oh, yeah. where this kind of came from is I was talking to Tyler Jones. You know, I, I own the Tyler Jones the podcast every week. I do the football fix on the Jones Report, and he and Tom are going to be doing some on their on theirs. And Tyler and I were talking about it after my appearance this week, and. I said, you know what? I'm thinking about doing this. And he was thinking about, we're going to, we're going to not do the same subject. We're different subjects. And I think Tom's going to come on here a couple of times and do a couple of them, but we had the idea. The first one thing we're going to do is star Wars, star Wars characters. This kind of came from, we just had May the 4th, you know, May the 4th be with you, which coincidentally was my father's birthday. So uh, rest in peace, pops. Um, Good man. Good man. I appreciate it. I miss him. Yeah. And so May the 4th, I always think of Pops. And the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer came out. You've seen this. Yeah. yeah you're, you're my go-to Star Wars guy. You've seen Now, I have seen all the movies. I've seen most of The Mandalorian. I have not seen all of it. I've seen most of it. Um, I haven't watched a couple other things. But I'm looking forward to the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I'm going to watch all of them. I'll probably watch them as soon as they come out. Um, what were your thoughts first off? on the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. I'll, I'll preface that I am a little biased. I will preface it by saying, for me, the if I'm looking at Obi-Wan, I'm looking at the prequel trilogy. I have said this many times. My opinion on this is completely clear. I think Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi is the best cast and best character out of the entire prequel trilogy. He did the best job of it. He carried, in my opinion, the entire prequel trilogy as as obi-wan kenobi so when this was announced this was this has been rumored for years now this is not new this is this is one of those where it's finally happened you know it's happening for real the moment you say you and mcgregor obi-wan kenobi i'm in i'm done that's it i'm in i'm totally sold on this because i i love him as obi-wan kenobi um and i like alec guinness as it in the original trilogy but you know to really get the meat on the bone that's that was there so I was in from the start. There are things that are happening in this series that, you know, Darth Vader is going to make an appearance. We don't know what that's going to be yet, but we know he's there. Um, 
things like the Inquisitors. And if you haven't seen the animated series, I haven't. There's there's one I haven't seen. I didn't really care for, but I've seen you know Clone Wars, Rebels, and things like that. Um, where these these characters are important. They're they're kind of lower Sith. They're Force users, and they're they're going out hunting the Jedi. This is their first live action appearance that I'm aware of at all. Um, so that's exciting. There's a lot going on there. It's not just, you know, he's watching over. Look, there are storylines that have been happening and have been built over the last, you know, couple decades here with the with the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy, as well as a lot of the, the new live action shows that are, are out and are coming out. The animated shows that are part of canon really have fleshed a lot of this, the, the Star Wars universe out. And so seeing where we are in timeline how that's being affected and seeing where obi-wan is as part of this there is this huge gap of you know between episode three and episode four where you know luke is a kid that story is untold from the obi-wan or luke side you know on tatooine so this is really interesting when you take into account things that are happening throughout the rest of the galaxy that have been established as part of other shows yeah I, I, I didn't know who the Inquisitors was. I had to ask you. I didn't know about that yet. So I was wondering as I asked you, I was like, I don't know who these people are. Um, I'm looking forward to this. There are those gaps. This is what Disney's done so well. They've taken over this. Like, I will argue that I think the best of all of the Star Wars movies is one of those gap movies. It's, it's Rogue One. Rogue One was a really good movie, yeah. I mean, I was just talking to someone a few nights ago, and they were talking about the Star Wars stuff, and this girl says, I don't really watch Star Wars. I don't, I can't follow everything because there's too many movies. And I said, if you want to learn about Star Wars, but you just want to watch one movie, check out Rogue One. If you like Rogue One, then you can probably start from the beginning and kind of understand it. But if you can't, if that doesn't hold your interest, then don't try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is because a good standalone like, bridge. Like, you don't yeah. need to have watched any of it to understand because yeah. there's, there are no Jedi in it. Yeah, it's just people, and I and I liked it. There's yeah, just this universe. Yeah, yeah, I, and I liked the 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 uh, scene at the end with Darth Vader just cutting everybody up. Mm-hmm. You know that was the scene that was actually added after the previews of the movie, where people were like, "Well, they're missing something." Mm-hmm. They wanted mm-hmm. their, people wanted more Darth wanted to see more Darth Vader, so that that scene was shot after everything else had been completed and then tacked on at the end. Yeah, it was it was one of those surprises, which was yeah. a good surprise. It's kind of it, it's kind of like that little, uh, you know. I think uh, Mark Hamill was has has said this before. He had to hold the secret of Empire for like a year and a half, and everybody yeah. that he knew, everybody that knew him personally, including the cast, were pissed. Yeah, that he never said a word to them. That he it, and it was yeah. it's the story of it. It was him, George Lucas, and I can't remember who the producer was or not. Yeah, you know, there was a, a an exec. VP or something like that they're the only ones who knew yeah. that this was going to happen because you know they, they shot it a different way yeah and then they they fixed it you know privately yeah. that the original script that everybody else got didn't have the line that you know the, the famous line yeah um, those who don't know it's in, it's where he Luke Skywalker is it's revealed to Luke that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker his father yeah this is one of those tightly guarded secrets that you know it's one of those original secrets that yeah. no one not even the cast and crew knew one of those spoilers that never yeah. got out it's 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 truly epic yeah. um and so that yeah 
they're, you know, they, they try, it's so hard to do nowadays, but they still, you know, they still trying to pull off that, that twist yeah. that people don't know about. Well, again, the, the genesis of this, where we're going with this is that the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing, the trailer, it pulled me in. I'm definitely watching that. I'm like you. I like Ian McGregor. I like him and pretty much everything. And I think he's great. He is Obi-Wan Kenobi. With yeah. all the respect in the world to Alec Guinness, and he was a big reason why Star Wars was successful in the first movie. Um, Ian McGregor has embodied that character now, and he is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I, have you heard, I don't know if you heard me and Ellen talk about this. I said that if I was to ever have another child, I would name the kid Kenobi. Ooh. Is okay. that not a good boy's name? It is a good boy's name. I don't I'm, know if I would make it his first name. I, I want if I now I'm 47. I, the odds of me having another child are slim and none because Jen and I just ain't fucking doing that. But <laughs> if I ever ever had another child, if I was adopting a baby or something, or I got to name somebody. Kenobi is where I'm going for the next. One. Oh my god! I just if we were ever terrible. to get another dog, I think Kenobi is the next dog. I, that does not mean I'm open for another dog in case Jen's listening. That is not happening. I had a I After this weekend, this dog is, her dog is keeping me awake way too much. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't sleep. This dog is killing me. Um, but yeah, so where we're going, because we're the first of our uh, Coach Bono's podcast drafts will be the Star Wars draft. I know you're going to be in. I'm going to be in. Our boy Henri Yule is going to make his Coach Bono's Henri. show podcast debut and jump in. I'm working on a couple, three others, and we're going to get the rules set, and we're going to draft. Um, I This is going to be fun. So we're going to start the drafts as well. We're probably going to do about one of those a month, maybe every couple of extra weeks. We'll throw a couple extra in. And again, more just, there's going to be some times where there's just not enough sports stuff, and we want to try to have some fun with some things. So we're going to be doing that one. Uh, we'll probably be doing a Marvel, you know, draft at some point. Um, that'll be a lot of people want to get in that one, I imagine. Um, and we'll, we'll work out the rules and all these things. We'll have fun with it. It'll be one of those kind of have a, you know, have some fun, have a couple beers and, and talk. Kind of like you're sitting at the bar. That's what a lot of this podcast should be. It's like you're sitting at the bar having a couple of drinks with your buddies and you're talking about something. And that's what we're thinking. So we're going to have This is why we always go long. Yeah. So. Because when that happens, you get to the bar, you start talking. It's like, well, I got like 20 minutes. I'll just have a drink, right? Four hours later. <laughs> it's like, you ever watch SpongeBob? It's like SpongeBob, like two I watched SpongeBob with your kid when he was born. Yeah. The old SpongeBob thing, two hours later. Two hours later, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, was at a, I was at an event this past week where someone was speaking, and one of my friends was with me, and we're sitting down and the person split and it was just they were going and going and going and i i found the the gif real quick or the or the or the meme yeah two hours i texted to my buddy while we're sitting there watching it and he just starts cracking up and i'm like all right now you gotta hold it together because we're in public come on now come on (laughs) you can't be doing he's like god damn it (laughs) Uh, so a couple quick ones we're going to get up out of here did you see uh, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, got a little fender bender? I just found out about it, and you mentioned it, and and I saw the video. This was this is this is one of those where it's it's football adjacent, so it's hilarious. 
Yeah. But it's uh, it's rare. And having seen the video now, and I know you're going to explain it all. Having seen the video, it's rare that we talk about Jerry Jones and don't blame him for something. Yeah. So if, if TMZ Sports is the best place to find this video. Um, Jerry Jones is driving one of his vehicles. He gets in an accident. He just wrecks the shit out of the car. I mean, he hits somebody pretty hard. I, I couldn't really tell. You kind of broke it down better than I did. We were talking about it off the air. Uh, the, the car in front of me was going to make an illegal turn, and, and Jerry just rams him. And, and luckily, nobody was hurt. Okay, so we're going to make jokes because no one was seriously injured. If there was a serious injury or someone died, we would not be making jokes about this. Yeah. But we're going to have some fun now. Jerry Jones is 79 years old. He is a multi-billionaire. Why the fuck is he driving anywhere? Somebody, somebody out there right now is saying because he's from Texas. Well, okay, that's a, that's a good answer. I'll tell you why I think he was driving. I think he was going to see a hoe. <laughs> he couldn't have his normal driver, you know. It, you know, he couldn't have his normal driver take him because he was going to you know, go on something underground, you know. He's going to check out somebody for an hour, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's what's going on. Because I think that's why he meeting. was driving. Because you don't, you know, he ain't driving to Waterford. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he ain't driving to the to the complex. Jerry Jones doesn't even drive to the uh, to the to the field. He has a helicopter take him home to yeah. and from the field. There, he's only up to no good if he's driving. Yeah, it's that's one of those where, I, and, I, and I was mentioning it earlier. You know, with his kind of with his money and his position. The only place I'm driving to on my own is like the golf course or the country club where I don't need an entourage and I don't want a driver. I just want to park and get in and do, you know, kind of like my private world. Yeah. And that's so probably my close to very his personal life. Yeah. Going I, to visit a family member. I don't need a drive. I don't need an entourage. You know, those, those kind of things. Yeah, no. you, you brought up a good point. We're talking about this beforehand briefly. And you said, Hey, this is like, he was in a downtown area. I'm assuming it was in Dallas. Um, but it was like he was downtown somewhere or in a, a, a busier area of town. It was a, yeah. And it gets in this auto accident. And again, again, no one was hurt. So we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to make these jokes that they were, but, um, it just goes to show and, and we all know somebody, we all know that at least, at least one person who's older, Jerry Jones, is 79. And I'm not saying 79 is necessarily too old to drive. We all know at least one person that shouldn't be driving. I know someone right now who should not be driving. And we are not taking their keys away from her. There's no way it's going to happen. <laughs> like, you know, and, oh, I don't want to get all the way deep into it because it's, you know, kind of, you know, one of those things. We're not going to name any names. Polite, yeah, in polite places, you don't want to talk about it. But uh, yeah. we all know somebody that shouldn't be driving. And it's not like there's not a service. This guy is 79 years old. He's a billionaire. He's got money. Mm -hmm. He probably has a full-time driver. Oh, I'm sure. He's just creeping. I'm telling you, he was creeping. And that, that'll get you in trouble every time. So, so yeah, I, I, It looks like he's driving in an urban area. It could be downtown. Or it could be downtown yeah. adjacent. I, all I know is that, you know, I live in Denver. If I go downtown, I don't actually like going to drive downtown because yeah. parking's a mess. Yes. It, the traffic goes in one way in all sorts of different areas. And unless you are there regularly, it can get confusing. 
Personally, yeah. I would rather just Uber downtown, which is I, which is generally, unless I have to go there for a whole day, like all day kind of thing, it's generally what I do. Yeah. I, I, you, know? you know, I'm someone who drives as an Uber driver sometimes on weekends, and I enjoy, I enjoy doing it. But yeah, driving in downtown areas are a bitch because you've, there is no parking. I mean, me and Jen will go, we live in Lawrence, and we live on the far west side of town. If we decide we're going to go to Mass Street, so we're going to go to Mass Street and have dinner and a couple of drinks. We don't drive then. And that's only a couple, three miles, you know, yeah. and you can find parking. We don't do it then. We'll get an Uber to take us because, well, we don't want to drink and drive. I mean, obviously. Two, you know, we don't want to deal with parking, those headaches. And we, not like we're rich. We got a little, we can afford a $10 Uber each way if we can <laughs> afford to go out to a nice dinner, you know. I, so, but my point is about the, the Jerry Jones thing is that we all know that one person. And we've got to, if we want to, if you want to, if someone was a politician and they wanted to do something that would be totally and completely different than what everybody else is pushing in this world, a nationwide service that drives old people to doctor's appointments, these sort of, you know, nationwide, anywhere you go, if you're 75 or up or 70 and up, we're going to get you there nationwide. But in re- but if you use the service, you lose your license. Ooh. What do you think? Well, there's there's where you fail. If you use the service, you don't you you don't have a license. That that's that's where you fail because then nobody will use it because they'll well, want to have a license. Okay. Well, what if the service was? I, I can see that point. It's a good point. What if the service was if you get in a wreck, your license is suspended, but you get to use the service. It's interesting, but then you bring in the argument of people who lost their license because of a wreck, yeah. but they're not old. Yeah, but well, we, this is for old people only. If it's for only, only for old for people. Old, if, if it's for senior citizens who should not be driving. That's what we're trying to do. That's who we're trying to get in this program. Because we all got a grandma, grandpa, somebody whose ass just should not be driving. I got a grandpa who shouldn't be driving. <laughs> I, I got a grandma. There's a lot of things my drop. grandpa shouldn't be doing at 84 years old. <laughs> yeah, he's running in these streets. What are you trying to do? It, it, that, that's it's an age-old argument. It's been it's been debated for for not not years, decades about you know public yeah. safety and you know how do you determine what that cutoff is? Because we've all you know we know people who get into their 60s and 70s and develop dementia and then you know people who are in their 80s and 90s or complete full faculties very active lives and yeah. you know don't have any well, problems the problem is how do you determine the criteria on a general level for things that don't apply in the microcosm yeah i agree with that totally and, and i'm one of the people who works with a lot of people who are old and i will tell you for every person who is 75 and doesn't have their faculties i have met someone who is 75 who has got five faculties. I have a client who's 91 who still gets with it. I mean, he doesn't drive anymore because he tells me I can't focus well enough to drive. There's too many things going on around. He understands the assignment on that. But he, but everything else he can do just fine. You know, it's like, well, I can do a lot of different things. Um, you're only as old as your mind lets you be. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it's like I'm not sure I'd let William Shatner drive me around anywhere, but they sent the son of bitch to space. Yeah, I didn't you know. Think I, so maybe, yeah, we all know that we all know that old person that's 
you know, got three doors. They got three things up on the on the nice car. You know, they got a Cadillac, and they got three big ass bumps on the Cadillac as they backed into something at the grocery store. It's like, come on, we got to help these people out. They shouldn't be driving. <laughs> they they have those programs in the local, but they don't have them on a on a national level. You need to have like, them all the, the closest scale. thing you have on a national level is is all is the companies who are like who who own these branches in localities and municipalities to provide services but don't do it you know coast to coast because it's a capitalist society you know whoever's who's got the company for the money to be made there yeah well 79 year old jerry jones should not be out there driving and the only reason he's out there driving is he's trying to find some pussy on i'll tell you what if we're if we're talking about just jerry jones i'll let him drive if he stops getting involved in football operations (laughs) okay let him be PR and marketing. Get a get if he gives up his GM responsibility, gets out of football operations, he can keep his license. That's my condition. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you got you can either run you can run your franchise or you can drive your vehicle. But you he needs his car to get to those business meetings, those sales and marketing meetings, all the PR. Let him be on the business and the PR side because he's it, there's no denying he's a businessman. Maybe the problem with Jerry Jones is he thinks he knows more about football than everybody else. Now, does he know more about football than me? He has forgotten more than about football than me. Of course he has. But that doesn't mean he should be a GM. Yeah. He should not be a GM anymore. No. There's no reason with his, with his team, yeah. his staff, and his abilities that they should be better than what they are. And the common denominator over the last 26 years is him. Yeah. I have said for years and years that I respect the hell out of Jerry Jones as a businessman. What he's done with the Dallas Cowboys is he bought them, you know, from, you know, when he bought them back in the 1980s and what he did with Jimmy Johnson and letting Jimmy Johnson run that thing and, and really turning that franchise back around and making them America's team again is fantastic. He has vision, what he did with the stadium when he built that big ass stadium, the ATT Stadium in Dallas. You know, that took vision. You know, now everyone's copying that. Look at SoFi. Look at a couple of Except the Jumbotron. Yeah, that's unique. But everybody has their gimmick of some kind. Yeah. You know, SoFi has that ring that goes all the way around. A Um, much more preferable solution than getting the punter to hit the stupid Jumbotron. Yeah. And I think that's done just as much for the uh, aesthetics of other events there as well. But... His vision, business-wise, he's taken the NFL. He's been the driving force of the business side of the NFL for the last two decades. Oh, absolutely. There's no denying yeah. his involvement his, and his, his influence on the NFL as a, un- as, a, as a brand. Unbelievable acumen for business and what he's done with that team. And I won't criticize any of that. I'm just having some fun with the fact that a 79-year-old man got in an accident, didn't hurt anybody <laughs> or himself, God bless, you know, on the way to get some pussy. That's what it was. <laughs> or or he may have been coming from that is yeah that or he was just after the fact and he was distracted the endorphins uh, you know he wasn't paying attention to that it was basking in the memory either that or he was just running as far away from that first round draft as he possibly could no i gotta get out of here gotta get out of here this was this is terrible i got to go i mean just yeah so yeah yeah, but we got to do something about the old people driving. We got to, we can't let that happen anymore. So, you remember, we are, we are now closer to that than when we got our licenses. Yeah. yeah let's, let, let's be careful here. Let's remember, you know, 
you and I, we we came from, you know, we got our learn, you know, learners permits, you know, right after we turned teenage. We still the rules are different now. Yeah. But when you know, I remember getting mine at fifteen. Yeah. That's thirty years ago. I am thirty years from now. I'm Jerry's age. I'm halfway there. Yeah. So you're in the middle still. You got plenty of time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still got plenty of time to make jokes. So, but I um, figure by the time we get to Jerry's age, these the, the cars will be self-driving. All right, that's what he needs. He needs a self-driving car. He doesn't need a driver. Yes, he needs that's those, who needs. That's what we got to do. Go. We got if, if a senior wants to drive, let's get him the self-driving car. Get him the self-driving car because nothing works well like seniors in technology. Well, the whole point is that all they have to do is you know take me here. The car does everything. Hey, I got a mother-in-law that doesn't even know how to work a goddamn computer. I mean, are you going to give her a self-driving car in a couple of a few years? I couldn't wait to see how my, if my in-laws could do a Tesla, a self-driving Tesla. Get a I'd laugh my car. ass off. If I, if I win the Powerball, I'm buying them a Tesla. <laughs> first, thing, first gift I'm buying, my in-laws. But these Love gas them. prices, it's not I'm a buying them a goddamn idea. Tesla. You're going to be like, what the fuck is this? This is something you don't have to worry about driving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, you just get in, tell them the address, and say go, and it'll do its thing. That's all it needs to be. And by the time we're his age, that's probably what it will be. I want Those be will smart. probably be a very – like we've been talking about self-driving cars. This is not a new topic. This has been in development for a couple, you know, couple decades. This was one of those – you know, they've been testing on test tracks. They've been testing on, you know, with semis and self-driving, you know, shipping containers. You know, that's already in Testma. They're already out there on the road to a limited, to very limited, but still out there. This is something that in our lifetime, but probably right about the time we're looking at retiring and giving up our licenses, it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Oh, flying cars. You living in the back to the future, man. No, but I, I like I don't want like that. I want like the shit you see in Star Wars. Oh, okay. I okay. always wish there's no. You know they have Star there Wars. is a car. There's a prototype car out there that actually unfolds and is a plane as well. Yeah, I just it's wonder like how like and it, it it can fly. I wonder in Star Wars when like you know Obi Wan Kenobi's going to this next planet and he takes this little thing and he goes into the planet. How does he not? He goes to like one of these busier cities. How does he not like all of a sudden just cross paths and gets in a wreck in the middle of the air with someone cutting across? You know, there's no traffic signals. No stop. Well, he's stop. a Jedi. He saw it before it happened. He's a Jedi. He's a Jedi. Got to be a Jedi to drive a flying car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what we're going to. Do. So to get a flying car, you're going to have to be a fucking Jedi. That's not. That's not a bad idea. There's there's your new service, the Jedi, you know, travel service. Get you travel. there back and forth, no quite, you know, no incidents. We already know they're not gonna happen. I won't I won't Samuel L. Jackson involved in this. We'll get you there, motherfucker. Just shut the fuck up. Look, the force is my Google assistant. It knocks it down. God damn it, the force will get us there. We um, know where you blow. As we're recording this, the Mavericks have just beaten the Suns to take that series to two two. Quite surprised by this. Uh, Doctors just, uh, man, he was just carrying this team. We're going to talk about the point, point five. We're going to get in some NBA on point five. So, yeah, you need Ellen for that. Yeah, we and Ellen are going to get in on that. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Suns and the Mavericks 2 2. I thought the Suns were going to run away with that series. I was like, that's going to be a series now. And then I'm all in on the Grizzles. The Grizzles? 
You know, you said the Grizzlies, and you know where I went? Cannonball run. Cannonball. <laughs> if you're going to be a bear, be a, be a grizzly. I said it to somebody's past. I said, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm not, I can't I might believe they don't have it on a T-shirt. I think I was Uber driving when I said it. I think I ran oh, did you? <laughs> I think I might have run a red light somewhere in downtown Lawrence. And I was like, well, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. <laughs> Where's Freeman when we need him? We need to get Scott Freeman to come on here. Maybe we need to have Scott come in for the uh, Star Wars draft. Oh, yeah. He'd be good. Yeah, we can get him in on that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll yeah. both put in that call. We'll get that going. Because, yeah, we got to have Scott make his uh, debut here on the Coach Bonos podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Get right, him and I get... on here. We'll talk. We got the summer. You got the summer program. We'll do a golf draft. Him and I come on. We'll talk, you know, all, all right. the ma- when the majors come around. When the majors. Yeah. Talk a little. Yeah, let me do something like that. So. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. We're going to jump the body here. We, we were, ran over on time, which we knew we would, but hey, we're, oh, well, we're, we always have a little fun on here. So, uh, Uncle Rico, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you, Ricardo, man. You're my buddy. Appreciate I'm you always having out. fun on here, man, anytime. And uh, I want to thank everybody, Studio Soapbox, Tyler Jones, everybody, think all you guys do behind the scenes. Thanks. They're the ones who put the music in the front and the back. They make sure I don't sound too goofy. Uh, to do a couple little things, help us out. I uh, want to thank our sponsor, Gold Belly, for sponsoring us again this week. If you get the opportunity, check out the link in the show notes. Save $25 on your $50 order. Check out that Brooklyn Blackout Cookie 10. Lord have mercy. I think I'm buying one of these before we, before we get done here. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. I really, really do appreciate you guys letting us ramble. Have a good time. We hope you guys enjoy it and have a good time when we're talking. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. Give us five stars, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. Hey, check out the other um, Studio Soapbox podcast as well. The Jones Report with Tyler Jones and Tom Bridges. The Bevo Boys, if you're a Texas fan or even if you're a Texas hater, those guys are fun. Check them out. I'm hoping to go on there in a couple of weeks. Um, I may be making a little guest appearance, and they're going to come in here in a couple of weeks to a couple of podcasts as well. So we're going to be working those things out as we get into the summer time. So, uh, again, thank you to Ricardo Gerbellini, Uncle Rico, for coming in this week. Uh, until next time, until Friday's pod, uh, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care of them.